are listening to Range Minded from Independence Indoor Shooting. Before we get started, make sure you like us on Facebook and Instagram at Range Minded Podcast. And if you have any questions, comments, or episode suggestions, email us at podcast at iishooting.com. Your feedback is what makes the Range Minded Podcast that much better every time. This is episode number 96, where Steve and I kind of have a little bit of a free-for-all. We talk about uh, the new Walther Q4 steel frame. We talk about red dots and astigmatism, talk about some current events, uh, my trip to California that I just had a few weeks ago, a little bit of everything, which uh, we hope you enjoy. As always, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy episode 96 of Range Minded, the February 2020 free-for-all. Hello and welcome to Range Minded from Independence Indoor Shooting. My name is Mark Long and I am joined as always by Steve Zimmerman in Wu-tang. the Eastern Bunker. <laughs> That's right. Mr. Wu-Tang coming at us from uh, Eastern Idaho. How about that? Yeah, the Eastern Front. I guess I could say that. Oh, that sounds kind of cool. Yeah, how are you, my friend? <laughs> I'm doing good. I haven't, seems like forever since I've talked to you, I guess it really hasn't been that long but it seems like it yeah well uh you may not know this but what do you do we, we did uh kind of back uh backfill quite a few episodes um so yeah it's been what two weeks three weeks i think yeah two weeks maybe three weeks it could have could have been that's a long time but it could have been three weeks yeah yeah it's been it's been at least more than one i know that much yes yes it has but that means we have Quite a bit to talk about. We've had some adventures. You've you've done a couple of things here. You've got some things to talk about. It's going to be kind of a free for all episode here. Um, but uh, I think yeah, we're going to just kind of mix mix mash a few things up and and make a show out of it. Yeah, I think it'll be a good one. And uh, we'll st- I'll start off by saying um, that one of the reasons that we had to front load episodes actually was because I had to go to California. Oh yeah, and the, how was that, sir? You know, it, so I've only been to Cal- California once before as an adult. I went there as a kid, like on like a like some scholar trip thing, and saw like Yosemite and hiked a bunch. I don't know, I was like in seventh grade or whatever. But um, I went a couple years ago um, to uh, to California, and it was before I was like really into firearms and everything, so it didn't really. Um, you know, I didn't really think about it this time. Although, a funny story about last time, uh, my sister's ex, now ex-husband, um, <laughs> was uh, in the Marine Corps, and he had um, he had some uh, some magazines that he wanted to give to me, but they were thirty-round mags, and I couldn't really accept those in California because I couldn't put them in my bag. I figured I thought I was going to get arrested. <laughs> And was this still while you were an Illinois resident? No, this was here in Idaho. So yeah, that's too bad. Huh? I guess you might have been able to put them in your trunk or something. I guess I don't know. Well, we flew, so I, you know, I can't. Oh, imagine. yeah. So I'm. Can yeah. you imagine going through an airport and TSA? You know, it needs to pull your bag to see what a couple of those magazines are, and they realize you have like three thirty round USGI mags. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if you get in trouble or not if you if you checked them in. Yeah, I guess maybe I if you're if you were a check because it, it's different than they're not you know actual firearms, but they're you know I think they're prohibited items from California. So yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but, but anyway, that was that was three or four years ago. Um, this time, and, and you're you're right. You probably wouldn't have been able to take any home yeah. in California. Yeah, exactly. So maybe maybe if I checked him, but I was like, you know, because he was like, yeah, man, I got a bunch of them. If you want to take a couple, like that's cool, or whatever. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> and then uh, I realized, like a day later, like before we left, I was like, you know what? I don't think that that's a good idea. 
I think I'm going to have to politely decline. Yeah, which is unfortunate because I would never, under normal circumstances, I would never turn down uh, magazines. Heck no. So, uh, but anyway. Nor, so, nor should you. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, no, what happened okay. this, this trip? So this trip, um, went there for a wedding, went there with some friends who uh, shall remain nameless, and you'll understand why in a minute here. But uh, uh, the the friend that I went with, um, is uh, he enjoys... Um, he enjoys marijuana. I guess there's really no other way, no other way to put it. Um, Medicinally is, or recreationally. Sure. Self-medicating, however you want to say it. But okay. um, so we went to a, uh, a dispensary and I just went out of curiosity because I'd never been to one. I'm not a, a marijuana smoker. I'm not a prohibited person to own a firearm. Obviously, that'd be be pretty dumb to do, especially with a podcast. <laughs> Oh um, yeah, probably, probably so. Yeah, so, but I was just, you know, it's kind of like curious, like maybe if you don't drink and you go to a bar just to kind of see what it's like, um, kind of the same deal, you know. I think you could relate, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I went with them, and we get to the parking lot, and would you believe it? In the middle of Orange County, California, there are two armed guards at the dispensary. At the dispensary. Wow. I know. So we walked up to them. They checked their IDs and everything. And, uh, the one, there was a younger guy and an older guy. I couldn't really catch what the older guy was carrying, but, um, we talked to the younger guy about what he was carrying. He had a, like, I think a Nighthawk, a, a Dan Wesson, 1911. I'm not, and I, you know, yeah. I'm not big or not too keen on, or too sharp on what 1911 different models and stuff are, but. Sure. Well, that's, uh, if it's Dan Weston, that's a nice gun. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but he, we were talking to him about, you know, cause he was, you know, carrying in a outside the waistband holster right there, you know, right before walking into this place. And, you know, I said, it's kind of interesting, you know, in California, you know, he, I go, is that on the registry? He goes, yeah, yeah. Cause it was a private security guy. He goes, but believe it or not, I wanted the stainless steel version and the stainless steel version is not on the registry. So I couldn't get it. I had to get the blued version. Not on the DOJ list. Huh? Right. It's not on their list. So he had to, like, he couldn't like, that's how silly that list is to me where it's like same exact gun, same exact capacity, same exact everything, except the finish is different. That's asinine. So, but what's even funnier was he goes, you know, it's, you know, he, I'm going to send this out actually back to the factory and they're going to, um, they're going to do a stainless steel and coating on it for me. <laughs> that's silly. And that's totally legit. He's like, yeah. And I'm like, Oh, like, I'm like, why do you have a 1911? Is it because of magazine restriction? He goes, no, it's just, you know, I really like 1911s, but you know, the one that I really wanted is not on the list and I can't get it. So I got to, I got to work with this one. So that is just ridiculous. But a, I thought it was interesting because it's California B it's a young guy carrying a 1911. And yeah. it was my first kind of like interaction with somebody like talking about, you know, California gun laws in California. And the funniest part was at the end, we were walking out and we were talking a little bit or whatever. Cause he saw our IDs, you know, Idaho IDs. And he goes, yeah, you know, it's funny. My wife and I are talking when, like, the next, like, three to five years, we're going to be trying to move to Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> you just tell him, just leave your crappy politics in the state of California. Well, he was talking about crappy politics. I didn't realize how uh, crazy the politics, like, allegedly are out there. I mean, I didn't do any research about it, but just hearing from from our, you know, friends who were originally from there and, yeah. um, you know, just hearing – from other people talking about there, it seems like it's kind of like ridiculous to a degree, just, you know, not, and the gun laws are kind of indicative of that to a degree, but um, just overall, there's, there's nobody agrees on anything out there. Yeah. In fact, I was just glancing over an article, you know, they did a, an ID for ammo thing, right? Just recently they passed that, that law. Oh, maybe. really? 
yeah, you have to have ID and it has to match whatever firearms are on your on your list. So weird. And, and the sheriffs are actually standing behind the citizens and not the state, which they should anyways, because they're elected. Um, cause they're, uh, the, one of the newspapers was trying to get all the information of who has what guns to publish in some kind of story. No way. It, w- with names. And so they're like, uh, this is a little too far. Yeah. That's not, that's, I can't imagine you. Can you imagine opening up the newspaper and you see yourself on a list? Yeah. yeah that would not make me happy. <laughs> not a good, uh, not a good thing at all, man. That's crazy. Yeah, California. And and what, what worries me is I, I still feel like that stuff's coming here, you know, and you know, we could easily go down the rabbit hole of like Virginia and all those states that have seen sure. sweeping gun laws and and uh, I think it's pretty pretty fair to say that, you know, in what election it, our our state could change, completely flop. Yeah, yeah. I mean it could happen, you know, one one day it could it could happen here. Um what was interesting to me too is it it just it's a beautiful state. Like we were ma- mainly in Orange County. We didn't really go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um but I mean, what a beautiful place. I mean, the beaches, we saw all these beaches and saw all these, you know, ate at all these cool restaurants and stuff and um And just- that that does that does suck cuz I you know, I've I got family in 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 Northern California and I've been there a couple times. Uh-huh. And it is super pretty up there up in Northern California where you you get up in those high mountains and Man, it's just beautiful landscape, and you drive a couple hours, and you're at the beach with the palm trees. And but it's what happened? What happened to their state? Come on, yeah. California. Yeah, and In and Out was awesome. I enjoyed that a bunch. We I've had it before, but I mean, you can never have. We had it like three or four times in five days. I'm pretty sure I'm going to piss some people off. That's that's not my favorite place. Really, <laughs> it's. It's a, I've only been to the one in Utah, and maybe it's different going to the ones. Oh, in California. I'll tell you what, it is way different. Believe it or not, is it? Yeah, I because I, right. I my only experience with um, In and Out has been at Salt Lake, and I was like, yeah. you know, I don't like I don't see what the hype is about California though. Way different, really. Yeah, because yep. I was like super disappointed to the one in Utah. Yeah, and not to knock the uh, the the Utahns, but. Uh, they don't do it like California does. Yeah. So well, I'm guessing it originated down there in, in California, anyways. Uh, Newport know, Beach, but, I learned that's where that's where it originally where the first one ever was. And you know, we we checked out Newport Beach and we saw a couple other places or whatever. It's a beautiful place, man. It's just there's a lot of people there, and um, you know, that's I, I think there's a a lot of I don't know. There's it's just an interesting place. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Well, so it's still part of the country. It is, do. and you know, maybe maybe one day it'll turn around. But uh, yeah, I just thought that was interesting talking to. First of all, going into um, going into a dispensary, which is something I never thought I'd do in my life, and then um, you know, having two armed guards. <laughs> um, so, you know. so what would you, what was your first impression as you walked into the doors? Like, was it what did you expect, and and were you surprised in a different way um kind of i guess i mean i was surprised at how clean and like normal i guess it was it seemed like a pharmacy more than anything else you know it was very clean it was um you know a lot of display cases and um a lot of stuff i didn't know what the heck it was um and uh uh, it's all really expensive (laughs) 
Interesting. Apparently, marijuana is very expensive. So somebody, the the person I was with, it purchased one kind of a disposable kind of vape pen thing, and uh, it was sixty dollars. That's ridiculous. Don't you think that if they're going to do that, it would change the black market and, and it would like increase the black market sales? Uh, I think, I think it would. Maybe, but it depends on. I guess it's whether or not you know a guy well you know what i mean if it's like if you know somebody on the like who can get you anything on the black market or whatever where it's just maybe easier and more legitimate to to get something from from a legitimate dealer i mean you can make the same parallel i guess and, about guns and maybe it's and maybe it's kind of like dispensary patrons are more like cz owners where they're more <laughs> hipster and, and trendy and they don't want to go to the seedy part of town to deal with some dude that they don't know if they're going to get waxed in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, that could be it too. I mean, I don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, the people, not, not, all, not, not saying that CZ owners, you know, use the magic green leaves or anything. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm not suggesting that. No, but, um, yeah, I just thought it was, I thought it was interesting. It was, a, it was an interesting experience. It, it, the biggest thing was like, it was just going into any other store. It just happened to be for marijuana. And it was like, this is, this is weird. I mean, and they had like, you know, they had the actual like, you know, plants or, you know, the, the, the nugs, I guess is what you call them, <laughs> um, you know, on display and everything. But the pe the, the people there were super chill and they were, um, you know, I mean, I guess they, why wouldn't they be right? <laughs> sure. They're really relaxed. Yeah. And, but pretty knowledgeable, very friendly. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was like going into any other store as oddly as that, as that sounds. Hmm. So, but I thought it was on just, your trip. Oh, go ahead. No, you finished first before I asked you. Question. I was just going to say, I thought it was, it was an interesting juxtaposition where you, you know, you see something that legal marijuana, which is so, you know, considered far to the left and liberal and all that kind of stuff. But the store is guarded by private security, armed guards. Sure. You know, and, and that's, I just think that's and, a really crazy, like, um, kind of juxtaposition of like two and two opposite ends of the political spectrum kind of coming together. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. You don't think I'd so? I think you'd almost be, I, I would think they'd be a little bit more libertarian, honestly, inside of there. Sure. And maybe, maybe that was it. Yeah. Maybe it's more kind of libertarian or something, but uh, I just, I thought it was kind of an interesting juxtaposition because you wouldn't, you wouldn't think of those two kinds of, uh, things coming those together. Two, those but, two worlds meeting. Yeah. Yeah. And the other surprising thing, actually, now I think about it, it, he, uh, they paid with a credit card. <laughs> what well, does your, uh, does this person use firearms or is he not a firearm user? No. Okay. So he's not, maybe, maybe that's, maybe I shouldn't have asked that question. <laughs> no, here, uh, here uh, is not committing any kind of, uh, any kind of, uh, felonious yeah, activity. Because that's the paradox, right? I mean, sure. it might be legal statewide, but federally it's controlled. And Right. And well, they still it, ask it, it on a 4473. You... Yeah. So um, do you think that'll ever change maybe in our lifetime? Um, I don't know. I, yeah, I think I, I think it will, honestly. Yeah. Um, I know there's a new... There's a new change coming up to the 4473, and maybe that'll be redacted. I don't know. Oh, really? Yeah, what's, and, and what's that's the, actually I. Sh let me pull it back up. I actually changed or uh, shared shared it on my Facebook. Let me pull my Facebook page up. Um, 
it's uh, it's actually kind of scary. One of the things they're really wanting to change on there. So it's not for the better. No. So let's see. It's just pulling up a little slow here. A little slow. That's okay. Maybe so, it was like maybe paraphrase for just, us a little bit. Yeah. So so they're wanting to change forty four seventy three. In fact, the ATF is kind of taking this. Um, on their own, they haven't gone under the direction, as far as I know, under any political person or, or the president, like the president last time with bump stocks. Right. But anyway, so what they're thinking about doing is, and I guess the way 4473s used to be is they had a lot for the, the information with the gun. Or I mean, uh, the purchaser's information with the gun or something. It was, it was easily read, readable. In fact, they they actually share a scene from the original Red Dawn, um, where the Cubans are are p- going into the sporting goods stores and reading the forty four seventy threes to find out who has what guns. Oh right, yeah, I remember that scene. And so uh, they're trying to, or they're thinking about going to back to something similar to that. And then, uh, for those of you guys that don't really understand how firearm retailers work, they have something we call a bound book which shows where we purchase the gun from what manufacturer or, or distributor, and then where it goes to that's in, in our bound book. We have to keep those logs. Um, and now since more and more retailers are going to digital bound books, uh-huh. the, the ATF can actually just come in with a thumb drive and pull that information off instead of thumbing through hundreds of thousands of pages right. um, in a gun store. And so the concern is, in fact, it's still open for, for comment to the ATF, if your guys are willing to contact the ATF, the local field office and say, no, don't change the 4473. Basically what it is, is it's going to be easier for them to associate what guns to what, uh, to personal information of the purchaser. Really? Basically creating a registry is, is what it boils down to. That's no good. It's super scary. And and honestly, the ATF still has the ability to go in and they could pick up a 4473 and they could photocopy all the pages and get that information. Sure. But but this will just make it easier. Right, because you can just go in and copy it. it off of a drive and then you've you've got every single one ever. Yeah. So it's it's super scary. Like I say, it's up still up for debate until I think it's the twentieth of this month, which is I know we only have a couple days left, but um it might not be a bad idea to uh to contact. I got this off of um Ammo Lens off their news. So there's a link to who to contact. If you jump to Ammo Lens news portion, you can read this article for yourself. And I shared it to my personal Facebook page and I'll even put it on the, the podcast Facebook page. Sure. It's it's kind of messed up. Yeah, that's wild, man. I didn't even know you could. Uh, yeah, because I didn't even know you could do that and just take a bound book like that. You know, digitally, I thought it still had to all be paper. We, you know we still. I mean? Well, the thing is, is we as dealers, we still have to keep the paper, but it still is also recorded digitally, almost in duplicate, right? Oh, so, so you have a, to do both, or you can do both. Yeah, because some of the old mom and pop stores don't. You're not required to have a digital bound book by any means, but because it's so easy and a lot of the point of sale systems for gun, gun retailers, yeah, uh, they'll, they'll have that bound book worked into the POS system. Oh, and so it's su- super easy to run. And, and uh, 
it's almost yeah, it's, automatic it's basically gonna, it is and and now it's kind of turned into a backdoor thing which hopefully that wasn't a nefarious thought from the beginning yeah that would be uh well, pretty terrifying actually i mean just it, then they have it's a list pretty of everybody amazing and but i mean i guess the only saving grace of that is is that like if you like you know if you sell that gun private private sale or whatever then you don't necessarily they can come yeah. to your house and say well i sold it you know you can you still have that kind of um yeah and, defense, and you don't have to have a and you're not required to have a bill of sale so i mean it, what are they going to do? I guess they could search your house if they had just cause, but then, you know, are they stepping on your fourth amendment rights there too? So, right. I don't know. I don't know. Pretty interesting. Pretty crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. I mean that, and then you have, um, you know, the Virginia thing going on, you know, there's a lot of, there's still, no. you know, still yeah, I just read on. another, I just read another article today and I don't know if it was dated today or not. It might've been backdated, but, uh, they're working on making all suppressors a felony. Possession what? of a suppressor is a felony. I'm going to have to find that. I don't remember where I read that article. How? It might have been. Under, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how they can do it. And what, and what super pisses me off is where is the NRA on this? I mean, the, the Second you know Amendment Foundation does a lot of stuff. Uh, even you can watch some of those videos from the from the uh, um, the debates and stuff or whatever, you know, the public forums they have. Sure. For, that uh, there'll be an NRA representative there, but he's the local guy. There's nothing from, you know, f- from their main office, which is, come on, like, what the hell? Yeah, and it's like ever since bump stocks kind of went away and the NRA didn't fight president on it, it's like, well, I think ever since then, I mean, that we haven't really seen any action from them, and that pissed a lot of people off. Yeah, it makes me nervous. Like, I, I'm a life member of the NRA. And I know I've gone through this before, but I, I can't, I, I won't give them any more money. Right. I will not. Well, and, and you don't have to as a I, lifetime member. So, well, they keep pushing all sorts of crap. I get phone calls and, and I tell them straight up and I know it's just, you know, somebody they've hired from some outside agency to make sure. phone calls, but I'll oh, be, yeah. I was, nope, nope. Not until they fire Wayne Lampierre. Will will I do this? And I don't know. That's uh, that's where the others, the state and some of the other organizations are are so important important to be part of. You know? Yeah. Well, and we talked about like the Firearms Policy Coalition or whatever. Um, you know, I follow them on Instagram just to kind of see what's going on, and you can get updates about what's going on and and all that. You know, just around the country, and um, that's why I saw that a day ago they posted that uh, the assault weapons ban in Virginia. There's a Senate hearing scheduled, so it's kind of working its way through it's- the system. And it's going to pass. It's going to pass because, uh, well, you know, I don't know. I guess you could conspiracize all this stuff. You know, Bloomberg has spent a lot of money to get to, to get the gun uh, gun laws passed, you know, or for elections, I should say, to get elections for, for pro-gun control candidates. And, and his money is apparently working. That's yeah, how about so nervous. how about that on the Super Bowl, seeing um, a couple weeks ago, seeing all the uh, political ads. Yeah, I hate this time of year. This, you know, election season is so annoying. Um, but you know, when it seems like you got, and I don't think the nation is pro, pro gun control. I think that the media is is so vocal about it that everybody thinks that everybody is. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally, and I agree. I mean, I think I, I've had a theory for a long time that, you know, it's basically a silent. Um, 
silent majority um, that, for lack of a better term, doesn't is indifferent. I guess um, you yeah. know it, they don't mind if other people have guns. Maybe they have a gun for defense or for um, hunting or whatever, or you know from family heirlooms or something like that. But they don't kind of have a say in it one way or the other, and and really they should because it's their rights kind of being messed with, you know? And that's what kind of surprised me with, well, since we're talking about Virginia, the amount of people that showed up, you know, gun rights activists that showed up, whatever it was, 20,000 or 20, whatever thousand people. people from all over the country. And, uh, and they're still got the brass balls to still pass this gun control stuff. It's yeah. pretty brazen. Like, and I don't the, know. The governor of that of uh, Virginia is just coming out and saying that you know it's going to help and everything and just very crazy stuff. It's sad. It's sad, and I I still think it's coming going to be close to home this election. That's what I was going to say. But you know, you've mentioned it before, where it's it it may not be so far away. You know, it's on the East Coast or whatever, but it may not actually be you know that far away. It could always happen here. Well, you saw. And maybe some of our listeners did too. That the Idaho Second Amendment Alliance had a had a rally out front of Bloomberg's new office in Boise. Did you see that? Oh, is that who it was? Yeah. So Bloomberg opened a new office. Yeah, for, I did sure, hear about that. Campaign really. Yeah. So in in like two days' notice, the Idaho Second Amendment Alliance had over three hundred people out front of his really? office <laughs> carrying signs and guns. It was pretty awesome. That's pretty interesting because um, on Reddit, of all places, there's a subreddit for Boise. I don't know if you're familiar with how Reddit works or whatever, but it's like uh, your own little, like it's like a little channel for uh, for Boise. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's it's funny. Uh, it says Trump supporters protesting Bloomberg office. Yeah. And I thought I <laughs> it's thought funny because it was the Second Amendment. I don't think lines. it's. Yeah, it was the Second Amendment light. I don't think they were a hundred percent Trump supporters. In fact, I'm sure I catch a lot of flat because there'll be a, a pro-Trump. You know, Trump supports the Second Amendment, and then I throw my two cents in it because he's not a pro-gun president. Sure isn't. And I'll def- I'll defend it. Like we've had more gun control in four years than we did with eight years with Obama. So. Yeah. Well, it's funny because so. Um- Normally that subreddit is not very active, but um, about halfway down, nobody even understand. Like nobody even says that it's actually not Trump supporters. It's the Second Amendment Alliance, and you know, say what you will about Trump here or there. I'm not going to jump into that fire, but um, the fact that they didn't even get get the uh, the organization right or just wrote him off as you know one group of people is kind of funny to me. You know, yeah, it sounds like it's just a little bit of, of lady lazy reporting. Yeah, because so, it wasn't. It wasn't. I will say it wasn't like linked to a newspaper article or anything. It was just somebody that noticed it or whatever. You know what I mean? A, a, just a quick little blurb about it. Yeah, exactly. Getting people stirred up about it without kind of doing your research, and that's what we've talked about is, you know, being, you know, doing your research for yourself and and critically thinking and all that. So I didn't. I I I, I will admit I didn't even think about it. Um, I didn't know it was a Second Amendment alliance. Good for them. Yeah, it was awesome. There's Greg Pruitt again doing doing the good work. And if I could have made it over there, I would have, but just too much stuff going on. Yeah. So we'll talk let's, about oh go ahead. Talk about apathy, right? I'm just 
Yeah, well, it's it's tough if you have you know if you have a life and a job and kids and a family to work. You know what I mean? But it's not an excuse. It just kind of is a you know. It is what it is. It is what it is. So, but let's uh, let's switch gears a little bit. I think I feel like we've been a little negative. We need to maybe be a little positive now. What do you think? I agree. Um, because you did your own kind of impromptu gun research. I I did so. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I don't know why. I was just really curious about it. Um, I actually, I've done a couple of things. I started a, a different Facebook group just among instructors. Um, cause I, I don't know. I think it's important to network and get to know, uh, some of the other instructors, just bounce ideas and stuff on them. And while I was doing that, I had a thought, you know, how, how many, um, how many rounds are fired a day in recreational use? That's really what the core of this survey was about. Um, so I, I came up with like, I think it's six or seven questions and, and created a little survey and, and passed it around social media. And uh, sadly, I haven't got as many respondents as I was hoping to get. Sure. Um, but I haven't really pushed it very hard either. So I guess <laughs> that's my fault, but it, it so far it's been pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, so tell me, tell me everything about it. So let's, I'll just, I'll read you the questions and, and did you take my survey? I did. Because everything comes up anonymous on mine. I don't. I don't have any of the the answers information back. Oh, okay. So, so there's uh, what did I say? There's six questions. Yep. Yeah. So the first the first question was how many times do you go to a range slash any kind of organized shooting, uh, you know, a month. That's what. How many times a month? So, I did actually have a couple people answer every day, which I was really surprised. No way, really. Yeah. And then, uh, the majority was the majority of the answers, uh, were less than once a month is, okay. is, uh, the majority less of the time. Than and once then, a month. Mm-hmm. And then the next one was a few times a week. Okay. was the next most answer. So nobody so said once that, a month. Um, once a month, I had six out of 31 people say that. Okay. Cause that's what I, I answered actually once a month. Yeah. Which to me, that sounds like the most, probably the most logical. And then maybe once a week. Yeah. If you, if you really have the time and the money and everything, or you have a membership somewhere that can, you can get away with that a lot more, you know, but, um, usually for me, it's once a month. Yeah. And that's what I figured most people would be. And then the next question was how many firearms do you take in a normal visit? Yeah. And almost overwhelmingly it was one to three one to three firearms per visit. Sure. So the next one was the next one is obviously five or more. Cause I, I only had three, three answers in there. Yeah. The other one was borrow, borrow rent. So most people take one to three firearms when they visit the range. Now I wonder if that's how many people own or if that's just like, if they're going to focus on, you know, a different couple of things that, cause you can really dive into the logic of that where it's like, maybe you warm up with a 20, maybe you bring three handguns and you warm up with a 22 yeah. pistol and then go to your, and the, you know. It, yeah. And, and the way the question is re, re, uh, written <laughs> is how many firearms do you take to a normal range visit? Right. So not how many do you own or anything like that. So how many do you take each time you go? So the majority is one to three overwhelmingly. I'd say, say that's normal and, though. I mean, that's, I think and, that's what I answered. And, and then this gets down to the heart of the whole reason was approximately how many rounds do you fire in a normal range visit? Right. Uh, and so I, I have five different categories is 20 to 50, 50 to a hundred, one to 300, three to 500, 500 or more. That's 500 or yeah. more is a lot. 
a lot. And, and if you're going to a class, 500 more is pretty, you know, it's understandable. Nobody answered 500 or more, zero. Okay. Yeah. If you're going but, on your own without a class or whatever, then that makes sense. Yeah. But over 50% of my answers so far are one to 300 rounds. Sounds average. I mean, that's, that seems in line with what I would do. Yep. So that, like I said, that was the whole purpose of the survey was to know how many rounds people are shooting. So there you go. There's Everything some else of my answers. Just extra. Um, what kind of, uh, firearms user describes you best? I put hunter recreational, a training junkie, competitive or target shooter. And then other, a lot of people actually answered other. Oh, really? I should have, had them, I should have answered, had them answer or specify their answer. Um, yeah. and then the next, I mean, so actually well, the what, highest one, was, what could you see besides other, you know, what, like what, what do you, th- what do you think you could fill in that other, you know? Yeah. And that's why I just put other, cause I wasn't even quite sure, but I should have, I should have put other please specify or something like that. Sure. Um, but almost, you know, 35% of them, the, the majority of them were recreational shooters, which I figured that's what it would be anyways. Sure. That makes sense. Uh, cool. Question five is, and actually I'm really surprised on this one too, is what kind of firearms do you prefer to shoot? And I put handguns, rifles, and shotguns. Um, zero people said shotguns. <laughs> nobody, <laughs> nobody likes to shoot shotguns. Interesting. Uh, which I do. I think it's fun. I just suck at it. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I just, it's not something I, off, I very often do. Three quarters of the respondents so far say handguns, which makes sense. Doesn't surprise me. Um, and then the, uh, the last, then, yeah, the last one was about what, you know, if you could get more training on a specific platform, what would it be? Most people are saying handguns. Um, w- one person, which I already know who it is, says he wants a 10 warthog training, which wasn't <laughs> one of the platforms silly, but almost everybody has, has said handguns. There's some, there's some carving work and some long range stuff on there. So interesting. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I would say that, um, you know, like handgun training is, I think what most people get into firearms with what is what they want to get into with, you know, you think about concealed carry and it has the most, I think, practical applications. If you were only buy one firearm kind of in the modern age, you know what I mean? Yeah. Most people are going to go for handgun and usually for defensive use, whether it's defensive, a home or defensive, you know, or concealed carry type. Right. Platform. And you can use the same firearm for both. So. And I think if you guys are interested in taking the survey, I, I only, I, I was tar- you know, hoping to get a hundred people to respond to the survey that would make, you know, mathematics a lot easier for me because I'm not real smart. <laughs> sure. And because I, what I really want to delve into is, and then I'm going to call a few indoor ranges, you know, I'm going to talk to independents and I'm going to talk to some of the other ranges and just figure out how many people a day use, uh, use the range on average. And then from there I can get all my information that I'm really looking for. Cause I really want to know how many millions or hundreds of millions of ammo is fired, uh, you know, in a month, uh, without incident sure. because nobody really talks about that. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, that'd be that, interesting. There's some of that information out there, but it's really not all that prevalent. I'm, I'm just really curious and see where this information takes me. Right. How many people, cause we've talked about, you know, how many defensive gun uses there are every year, you know, that people don't talk about or that end maybe without any kind of violent incident. We've talked about, you know, a defensive gun use includes just the presentation of a firearm. Um, you know, so it, it, that's actually pretty fascinating to think about. I mean, cause let's say, you know, 
the overwhelming average, uh, you know, from the survey doesn't surprise me. It, it seems pretty to fall. It seems to fall in line with kind of what, what I do. It's anywhere between one and 300 rounds. I usually bring between one and three firearms and you know, it's, it's usually about once a month, you know, for the most part. And, um, I think that's kind of what the average shooter does, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I figured that as much, but I was really curious about the ammunition. Oh, for sure. And, and and I'm hoping that because there's been a few people that have looked at the post and engaged on the post because I did put it on the range minded podcast Facebook page. Right. Um, and I'm hoping they're not thinking this like some kind of a sales and marketing thing or, you know, this is <laughs> strictly for data. That's for me. That's all it is. Like it has nothing to do. Like the store is not going to email you over stuff. Like, in fact, it's honestly not even connected to independence at all. Right. It's curiosity. So. Anyway, if you're interested in taking it, you can jump on our Range Minded Podcast Facebook page. It's a few posts down. Just click on it. Well, I, we can, I am curious. We can post it again, though, I think, too. That would be a, a good thing to do. Yeah. Um, I agree. I agree. Yeah, so post it again. We'll have it up there, hopefully, at the very top, and you can check it out. And um, it, it's it's not like it's uh, going to go away. It's going to be there for a while. So, uh, you know, go ahead yeah. and, and take it if you can. So. Yeah, please do. Yeah, so and be um, honest. Be yeah, honest. It's just Steve. Gosh. It's not any marketing, or nobody's going to record. It's all anonymous too. So <laughs> it is. Like I say, I I don't know who answers what. I don't see that information. So it, it may get collected. Who knows? But I don't see it. <laughs> Maybe if I dived a little bit deep deeper in the program, I'd find it. But I that's, I don't care about. It. That's not why I'm doing it. So right. It's just uh, purely for uh, research purposes. That's it. So, well, in other I'm news, um, this is exciting for me and maybe one other person. <laughs> um, Walther came out with a new firearm. Oh, is that a left-handed gun? Uh, I believe it's ambidextrous, so uh, it qualifies. <laughs> um, but you Yay. know, so last year, I mean, they've had their they've had their Q5 model out for a while, and then last year they came out with the uh, the Q5 steel frame. I'm sure you're familiar. Yeah, I haven't shot one, so I don't know how it goes. But I, I actually bet it shoots awesome. Um, yeah, I haven't shot one. I've, I've, you know, dry fired it in the shop because we had a Q5 uh, steel frame match, and it felt really good in the hand. It's, it's a little bit different. It's basically based on the PPQ platform, but um, instead mm -hmm. of you know, obviously having a polymer frame or whatever, it's all steel. So, um, you know, it's heavier. It's more expensive. It soaks up recoil a lot more. Is the whole argument and everything. Um, you know, I do want to shoot a Q5 steel frame. Um, at least I did until they released this new one, which is the Q4 steel frame. So it's basically a Walther PPQ all steel frame. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just called hmm. the Q4 steel frame, which is interesting. Um, and I'll just go ahead and say that I do want it, but I think <laughs> it's way too expensive uh, for what it is, or at least the MSRP, because it's basically, like I said, it's a, it's a steel frame uh walther ppq and the ppq you could probably get for four or five hundred bucks now um you know at a, at a shop i would say maybe six at the most um this one is like msrp is like thirteen hundred dollars ouch yeah which you can get a you know you can get a full frame cz 75 you know po1 which is i think is about the same size same capacity and all that for 600 send it to Cajun Gunworks yep. and you're still under what they want for this. 
That's crazy. It's not a bad looking gun though. No, it is cool. And they have one that, um, they have a, uh, a one that's uh, a version that's optics ready. I think for like a hundred bucks more, which would be the way to go. Um, you know, that way that you can do your red dot if you want, or you can keep your, your sights on there. But I think this is going to be pretty cool. And I can't wait till we get one into the shop. Cause I want to, I want to try this thing out and, and see it. I'm, um, I'm going to be, I'm going to be silly and say they need to make it in a long slide. Well, they Even have the, no, the Q5 is the long slide. I know. So, but, but so why, why then why a long slide? I don't know. <laughs> just, just cause just, just to do so. I don't know. Just because I'm weird. Yeah. Well, it's, it, I'm, I feel like I'm going down the Walther rabbit hole. Like you've gone down the Glock rabbit hole where, you know, you've got every model of Glock known to man. And I feel like I'm going to be no. going down the same road with Walther, no matter how much it costs, no matter how silly it may be or uh, unnecessary. <laughs> I think That's it might, right. it might just happen, but I, and the thing is, I don't know why, I, uh, but I can't bring myself to get a Q5. I think the Q5 is cool, honestly. And that Q5 match, well, the the, the first generation or whatever you want to call it, the first iteration, that shoots really nice. Oh, for sure. The Q5 is, um, it's a cool gun. Don't get me wrong. I just, I don't, I guess I can't bring myself to get one because I don't, like, I don't compete enough. I don't shoot enough, you know, in competitions yeah. or anything, you know. But with like the, the, yeah, it, the, the Q4 steel frame, I feel like you could carry that. You know, you could use it as a range range gun for practice. You could use it in competition, like because the whole thing is that it's you know a steel frame, so it soaks up recoil way more. Way more, you can get you know back on target better, but it's still got that trigger that everybody knows sure. and loves. So, yeah, I would be curious to shoot one. Yeah, I'm hoping see, we get some in the like. shop. I'm sure we will. Maybe I can convince Levi just to get one and then just leave it in the case for a while and be like, "Yeah, okay, go ahead. It's yours now." <laughs> <laughs> You know, and those are, you can tell that, that it's a European gun just by looking at it. Oh, for sure. Uh, it's got that German kind of look to it. The big, you know, it's got the beaver tail on it, which or the extended beaver tail on it, which the, uh, the regular PPQ doesn't have much of one. So I think you can get a better grip on this one or whatever, but yeah, man, I'd, I'd be interesting to see what the dealer price is because MSRP of like 12, 1300 bucks. That's a lot, man. Yeah. I think, I think you'll see out the door price you'll probably be between nine and a thousand yeah that, that's kind of what i'm thinking too which is still still quite a bit of money but um that's a lot of money for for again yeah like i said when you can get you know you can get a, a cz 75 a po1 spo1 you know spo1 tactical um you know for that kind of money and get it you know treated by cajun gunworks you can get um, you know, a SIG 226 for about the same kind of money. I mean, it's it's kind of interesting that they're asking that much. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I'm excited for it. Yeah, just buy one. <laughs> That's kind of basically where I'm at. Was I have one, I'm excited for it. And, um, which leads me to my next point, actually, which I wanted to bring up. I was talking to uh, to David over at, uh, at the shop the other day. It was a couple weeks ago now, but... Um, he seemed to be the only guy carrying uh, carrying a Glock without a red dot on it. A lot of people got red dots on their guns now, you know? He usually does carry a red dot. Does he really? Yeah, normally. That's kind of interesting because him and I were talking about it, and he has an astigmatism, just like I do. Um, and that's he was talking about not, ha- not carrying one uh, with a red dot on it. 
because an, an astigmatism, um, which is basically a misshaping of your eye, um, instead of like a perfect sphere, it's more like a football or whatever. Um, you know, and I've got one and he's got one or whatever. Um, cont- if you wear contacts, it usually there's not much correction for it. Um, so it's tough to use a red dot. Sometimes it's starburst instead of being like a perfect circle or you can see double right. or, um, you know, thankfully mine's not that bad, but it, it, it kind of brought me into thinking like, do I really want a red dot on a pistol? Um, because of, because have of the shot, astigmatism. Have you shot anything with a red dot on it before? I've shot carbines and, and, you know, like ARs with red dots or, or, um, you know, like holographic sites and they don't really bother me all that much. I mean, you're still putting it on target. Um, so I think I'll probably still go for it, um, just to see, but I thought it was kind of an interesting thing to think about. Like, you know, I, it would, I was like, well, I, I, you know, I remember I talked about, I think in the, the new year's episode where I wanted to get a red dot on, on, you know, any kind of pistol or whatever. It was like, maybe I should think about that and try it out first, you know, really, really give it a go and maybe take a class with like a gun with uh, if I can borrow somebody's or something and see how I perform with it. Um, you know, cause everybody yeah, just says, yeah, Oh, I've red got a dot. Couple- oh, go ahead. I've got, I was going to say, I got a couple of Glocks that, that have red dots on them and it, it actually is nice, I think, but I don't have a problem with, with, with my stigmatism or anything. So I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> Must be tough having but, perfect vision. Oh, hardly perfect. But that's interesting. I have to have a friend that's a, an optometrist. I'm going to, made me think of a few questions when you're talking about, I wonder if there's something that could be done as an auxiliary to the red dot. Yeah, maybe they can. Maybe they make like mini holographic sites or something because usually holographic sites don't bother people. Um, you know, with uh, with astigmatism, um, just because the mm-hmm. way that it's projected is a little bit different and it's more of a reticle rather than just a dot. Um, sure, I find a reticle is a little bit easier. Um, I don't mind the dot again. Then and also my my astigmatism isn't that bad, um, but it's definitely not. I don't ever see a clear dot. It's always starburst out, just a little bit, yeah, or, yeah, and even even on the nice mm-hmm. stuff like an aim point or uh, you know anything like that is usually there's a little bit of a starburst going on. So it's just it's just my eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, so but it just got me thinking, like you know, if I'm carrying something with a red dot, like do I want to have that kind of starburst or do I, you know, because obviously you want to know how to use iron sights and trust your iron sights and everything, so. Yeah, but it is nice for acquisition to uh, to have something on there, right? And that was the other Without, that was kind of the counterpoint that I thought about was that you know it's if you're in a defensive situation, you know we've talked about this before. You're not trying to put you know bullets through the same hole. In fact, you're just trying to get it into center mass. And I think a red dot. I mean, an astigmatism isn't mine. Isn't at least bad enough to where it's like it's gonna. I'm gonna shoot, you know, like the, the broad side of a barn. You know what I mean? Sure. I mean, and you're used to enough. You're, you're used to shooting a gun enough to be, you know, at least on target at a, at a close distance without having to use your sights anyways. Sure. Combat effective as, uh, as Bill would say. Yeah. Flash sight picture. Yeah. Exactly. Get on it and spray. Exactly. So, um, I just thought it was interesting to bring up because, you know, everybody's moving towards a lot of people are moving towards red dots our uh, our friend of the podcast Scott Ron has got you know one on his really nice Springfield and everything and uh, um, you know he swears yeah. by it and he's got glasses I've never actually asked him if he's had an, if he has an astigmatism or not maybe we should uh, have him on again and talk about that we should because it's always fun to have him on anyways he's a fun fun guy yeah I got to see how he's doing I haven't I haven't talked to him in a minute so 
Uh, me neither. He usually gives me a hug when I see him, and I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm hugless from Scott for a while. Oh man. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was kind of interesting bringing up the, you know, I think, you know, trying to upgrade all these, all the guns that I wanted to and stuff and get a red dot. I think all that money is just going to go to the key four steel frame and <laughs> all those upgrades will come, come at a later date because I didn't expect this to come out. Yeah. Well, and you know, the year's still young. There could be more. There is plenty. There is plenty. Yeah. But the, man, just that MSRP of, you know, 13, 1400 bucks. I, that's just a lot of money, man. It seems a little excessive. Silly money, yeah. So, but we'll see. We'll see what happens when it comes to the shop and and see or uh, you know see what the real street price is. Um, I saw a video from Vickers Tactical talking about uh, Larry Vickers talking about uh, about it with over at the Walther booth at Shot Show, and uh, he was a big fan of it. And um, you know, I think uh, I think that's a, as good a, an endorsement as any. Sure. Well, that guy can shoot anything he picks up too. So. That's true. And actually I'll say, if you haven't seen his videos, he shoots all like just from the amount of videos he has, he shoots all kinds of different firearms. Well, and and he's got a, he's got a pretty good history in military. So he's, he's got the background and understanding and, but then he's, he's learned a lot about the history of firearms and then he gets to get behind some of the most amazing guns that I'll never see. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And he, he usually shoots them in slow-mo too, which is kind of cool to see the, um, you know, the firearms cycling and actuating and stuff. And uh, they're just well done. So if you haven't had a chance to check Larry Vickers out, I, I'm, you know, if anybody yeah, listens to the a, podcast, I'd be surprised if they hadn't, but. Yeah, he's a stud. For sure. And he's not like, he, he's not like the tact, you know, cause I'll watch all sorts of videos obviously. And then you get the, the real tactical guys that talk real cool. Like there's a bomb <laughs> diggy, but no, he's, He's a seasoned shooter. He doesn't have to prove to anybody who he is because everybody knows who he is. And uh, he, he, he just makes a quality video. Yeah. And uh, he just, I think he also just enjoys shooting. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't blame him. So I think that's a I enjoy it thing. too. So, um, yeah, but I just, I wanted to, want to talk about the, the Q4 steel frame and talk about, you know, having an optic on it because it comes optics ready, which I think we're going to see. Uh, more and more of as time goes on and, uh, you know, whether or not to actually get one. So if you're an optometrist and, uh, you're listening, make sure you let us know whether or not that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I'm going to talk to, uh, I'm going to talk to my optometrist friend and he's cause he's a big time shooter. He's a long range guy. So, oh really? Well, uh, in fact, I've already thrown a couple things, found some ideas off of him and yeah. Cool. Could be cool. Maybe, maybe we should have him on one time. That would be very cool. I'd be down with that. <laughs> I don't know. He might, he might just say no. Well, you got to be able to see in order to shoot. So that's an important part of things. So, um, you know, honestly, we could talk about eye dominance and, and, uh, you know, well, I think a lot of people maybe have, you know, maybe they need eye correction. They don't even think about it, you know? That's true. And, and maybe he can help people that have no idea that they're having an issue. Exactly. So we really realize, Oh man, maybe I should, maybe I should talk to him. Maybe you should. He's a, He's a busy guy, but I could pin him down. Good. Um, yeah, but that's all I got. What else do you got? That I think is pretty much it. I mean, I, we could go through some other stuff. I, I was reading that, uh, the, the state of Illinois is getting sued over f- some Foyd card issues. Yeah. Because the, they found that the Foyd card is, uh, kind of violates, uh, I think it was that violates the state constitution or it violates the second amendment. 
and they're no. not letting those but, go. Well, the other thing was is they were misappropriating funds and oh, really? letting people's yeah, there's people's paperwork that have been sitting there for a way extended amount of time for a concealed and not carry approved for the Foyd card. Oh, okay, yeah, because they I think they guarantee it within like what is it, uh, ninety days or thirty days or something like that. And yeah, well, it's all it not happening. That, yeah, is it? They were just uh, whoever was in charge of it. They were they were moving money around. In fact, they moved twenty nine million dollars out of the Foyd card fund somewhere <laughs> else. And wow. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me at all. That's the state of Illinois for you. Yeah. Coming to a state near you. Oh boy. Yeah. Hopefully that doesn't happen here. I think most, I think most of the politicians here in Idaho are pretty good with their money, but for right now, <laughs> it could change. <laughs> it, it only takes one It could change. So, well, I, uh, if that's all we got, then that's all we got for our free for all. Um, we'll be back next week as always. Yeah. And uh, we'll go from there. So, but if you have anything you want us to talk about or anything, any comments about, uh, you know, what we uh, talked about today, uh, shoot us an email podcast at iishooting.com or uh, find us uh, on Instagram and Facebook at range minded podcast. And we would love to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. So, and we, and we have to figure out, we're coming up on episode number 100, believe it or not. Yes. Getting closer. So hopefully we'll be doing something uh, big and fun for that. We'll figure something cool out. Sure. So, but until then, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening and uh, be safe. Thanks, guys. All right. See ya. Later. Thanks for listening to Range Minded. Find us online at Range Minded Podcast on Facebook or send us an email at podcast at iishooting.com. We're always happy to get feedback, episode suggestions, whatever you want to send us, really. And be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and pretty much wherever else you get your podcasts from. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.